Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups we see companies making and the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's topic is maximize your slow season. And in this episode, you'll learn how to deep dive into your website. And we're going to walk you through the steps of doing a website audit. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to The Shit Show. Episode 30 of The Wedding Sassholes. Well, it is almost summer here in Florida, which does our rules do not apply to the rest of the country. No. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're everywhere, no matter where you are as a wedding pro, you have what's considered your slow season. I assume the people up north, it's your winter time. And for us, it's so fucking hot. It's summertime. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And then this slow season is when we can start making changes and setting ourselves up for a, a good busy season. So if you're listening to this in summer and this is your busy season, just take notes and make those changes in your winter time. Yeah, so we're going to start off and kick off this month talking about taking a deep dive into your website, ironing out those kinks, and giving it a good old-fashioned makeover, not a do-over. We're not suggesting that just because it's slow, you should scrap the whole thing and start all over again. I mean, if you've got the time, energy, and money for that, by all means, but there's a lot of little things you can do. Just make little tweaks, little tweaks here and there. Yes. Yeah, so Vanessa and I just brain dumped a nice strong list. And without any further ado, we're just going to start running through them talking about not only what is the tip um, of action you can go take, but also why it's important. Mm-hmm. First up. All right. So cool. first up is, is what I'm very passionate about. I and know. it's I about, know. I know it's about checking your links. Sometimes you build a website and you add these buttons or your web designer does. And then all of a sudden you change the web address or things like that. And then you don't realize that the next step or where they're supposed to click goes to what's called a 404. It's a dead error page. And when you have those, it's really bad. Like it's really bad for your SEO. Google pays attention to when people are landing there because it's not a good user experience when they're getting to a dead page. So I want you to use your website like a customer and go in and every single thing that links on every single page, right click and say, open in another window. Don't go back and forth, like pop them open to another window and make sure that those all of those links to your pages and are clickable and they go to where you want them to. There's nothing worse than going to a website, trying to click on something for information and it says page not found. Yes. You're like, uh, when was the last time you guys updated this? What the heck is going on? Right. And sometimes, like I mentioned, it's something just as simple as like, maybe your website was backslash packages and you change it to backslash package. But every single place where that was set to be packages is now going to go to a dead page. Mm-hmm. And so, we've had a few, we've had a few friends that the link that was supposed to go to the inquiry form oh. stopped going to the email because it was different. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one too. Yep. Check that one. All right. What's yes. next? Next, we're going to look at our website and refresh the text, refresh some of your phrases, your paragraphs, your informational sheets, some of that verbiage on there, it's outdated. And we need to take a look at it and and do a refresh on it. Um, I'm not saying use all of the slang terms that the kids are using, but but maybe not be so formal and switch out a few of the words on there to be more up to date and more, more, uh, not trending, 
No, um, but I think on brand, right? Your brand changes, yeah. develops, things like that. I just realized today I'm training a new um, staff person and we were going through the homepage and mm. I haven't read the text on the homepage since we launched the website probably six that's years a, ago. It's a long time. And I will say that our SEO person and our web team have looked at it. And so those things are, it wasn't bad, but I was, oh, there's definitely things we could tweak or things we could add and put in there. But while you're looking for that text, one of the best things you can do, I'm going to keep harping on SEO. So if you're not prepared for it, get ready. Um, but one of the really great things you can do to help with how you rank on Google is backlinking within your own site. So I want every single time you use the word packages or, you know, our galleries of images or previous weddings, I want you to think with all of the text you have, is there somewhere else within the site, you know, make yourself a list on a sheet of paper of all the pages on your site. If you're a blogger, all the blog posts you have, and then try to look through and see if you can on every page, give yourself the assignment and see, can I within this page backlink other pages? Maybe that means I add a button underneath a paragraph of, you know, maybe you have this great thing and it says, you know, your about section and whatever, but, you know, you have the title that links, but maybe you don't have a button there. Where can you add on every single page in your site two other links to other pages within your site. So there's your homework with there. Adding backlinks internally within your site actually really helps your SEO. Mm -hmm. You already covered SEO. I mean, SEO is a big thing for Shannon. So if you don't know, Shannon actually does website audits for yes. other businesses. So that's why this is such a big topic for her. <laughs> hot topic, hot topic hot, for me. Hot, hot topic. I just think the biggest thing is that like we don't, you know, and I know we'll talk more about this as we get through the episode is that we just don't, Either we built it ourselves and we rushed through it or we set it and forget it. And I just think sometimes when an outside perspective who doesn't know your whole world, I mean, I do listing audits for our members and I'm like, let me look at this like I'm a bride planning my wedding or like a mom reading it. It's amazing the different perspective that comes through. You think it's reading one way or that all the information is there. And I'm the pretend bride being like, but where's the info? And you're like, it's right there and it's not anywhere I could find it. Well, and that's because... It's that thing of you have to look at it from an outside perspective because we know exactly where to find it because we set it up. So it makes mm -hmm. sense to us, but not to everybody else. So I think that goes right into for anything that you change on your website, please be sure to have a friend, family member, someone in the industry and not in the industry go on there and pretend that they're a bride or a couple. It doesn't have to be a bride, obviously. Yeah. But just a, a person that is engaged and see if they can find the things and if they can navigate it, because if they can't and it's not user-friendly, then your clientele can't either. You yeah. know where everything is, so it's really easy and makes sense to you, but you're not your client. So have someone do an audit, you know, like I said, a family friend or someone in the industry Preferably a combination of all of those things. Yeah, I'm also, I really think you should have a wedding planner do it specifically because I think sometimes when planners are shopping for vendors for their clients, they're looking for something that maybe is different than if they, if you were a bride or groom yourself. So mm -hmm. if you've got a good planner, vendor, friender, like have them specifically, yeah, have a bunch of people look at it and keep different perspectives, but make sure you have a planner look at it as what is the information a planner is looking for too. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. That's a, that was a good one. That was a good one. 
So many good ones today. Um, so many okay. good ones. Okay, I'm going to keep going with SEO. So I, if you guys have never met Sarah Dunn with Sarah Does SEO, you are missing out. This woman is an SEO genius. She harps on and focuses and only works with the wedding and event industry. So one of the things she taught me to do, and I'm going to share that tip with you, is to build pages specific for SEO focus. So what does that mean? I'm going to use Vanessa's business um, with wedding cakes, for example. So Maybe Vanessa's entire um, website is really targeting the words wedding cake, Orlando wedding dessert, or Central Florida wedding cake, right? But she also does this corporate business. You know, the thing I learned from Sarah was that rather than your entire website having to chase the exact same keywords, you could take very specific pages. And so Vanessa could take a page that maybe doesn't have a ton of information on it. And it just says like, you know, corporate desserts or something like that. And you could really blow out that page for SEO focus. So she can say, I wonder what people are looking for, like team building or thank you desserts or whatever. And, you know, do a little bit of research, find out what those keywords are and build pages specific for SEO focus. So this could be on a specific service, but I think this is also really good for location based. So we built sub pages. I own the wedding venue map. We're a venue search engine, but we built small pages for city by city and also venue type by venue type. So now I was checking today. If you look for Winter Park wedding venues, we're in spot four. If you look for Lake County wedding venues, we're in spot one. So if you search for, but it's that one specific page that's ranking. So if you've got some pages or you're like, damn, I wish I could rank for other words, not just my main keywords. This yeah. is a good thing when you have time during the summer is to say, what's that one page that I can really dive in and see if I can get it to rank. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with the SEO, but with the text, I would suggest, because I do this with my own personal website, is I, I like the text to read how I would I would physically speak it. So I want it to sound like me because I am the brand and it's personalized. You have to remember that people buy from people on this. So on your website, I would highly suggest making sure that it's very personable. It's you have your about page. It has pictures of you, not just verbiage of you when it comes to your testimonials and your reviews. I think it's better when it says your name in the review. If they specifically call, not call out, but like if they shout out a specific employee that's always there at your wedding days, I would definitely highlight those, especially because it, it shows the personalization. It shows that they're buying from a person and not just a service and not just a company. So I would make sure that you have your about page updated, updated photos. If you have short hair, I mean, I'm known for this. If you have short hair now and all your pictures on your page are of super long, curly, luscious hair, it doesn't look like you. Update your stuff. It's okay to update it. Yeah. If you change up your look, I highly suggest having a folder of the different different looks. There's nothing worse than them coming to meet you in person and looking at you and remembering what they saw on the website and thinking, well, that that doesn't look you at all. Oh, yeah, they're thinking it. They're thinking it. Oh, they're thinking it. I think the about page you said is really important. There's a lot of websites nowadays that are skipping the about page. And I think that that's an important piece. And then you touched on reviews a tiny bit. I think that um, one of the things I learned as I was working with other vendors that Sometimes people will put a page on their website that says reviews. If you actually go into the Google Analytic, it is very not clicked very often. The view counts are very low. So most of the time they're doing that, that 
review research, not on your site, on other third-party sites. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take those testimonials and on every single page of your website, go page by page and make sure there's one testimonial on there. I want a picture of their faces. So if it's them feeding and, you know, if it's flowers, I want a picture of the bride holding the bouquet or them together with the review with their names on it. I think when you put pictures next to reviews, I mean, nobody will know if it's them or not, but they'll know. So try to match them up. But it gives, it gives a direct connection. It connects yeah. people to it. Yeah, and it's sprinkle, like it feels like a real through. person. Yeah, mm-hmm. and sprinkle it through every single section on your website. Along with that, um, I want you to add in videos where you can. You know, we live in a world of the amount of time people spend on a page matters. And so if you have some videos of weddings. Now, I know this is a little bit harder if like, you know, Vanessa just, she drops the cake off and it doesn't make any sense for her to put in a four minute real wedding video when three seconds of it is the cake. But if you're shooting your own content um, and things like that are helpful tips, you know, how can you look through your website and maybe think same thing, where can I drop some of the video content I already have or what do I need to create? Because it's slow season, right? To Mm -hmm. add in because when people sit and watch a video for three minutes, five minutes, it increases time on page, which helps your SEO. People love behind the scenes. So I've seen a couple of florists in the area record themselves. It's obviously sped up because they're not going to sit there and do it minute per minute. But I've seen it sped up where they put together an arrangement or they put together a bouquet showing the behind the scenes. I freaking love those. I love them too. But I'm saying that's just an idea to put on the website as you know, I don't stay for the delivery. I mean, I deliver, but I don't stay for the cutting of the cake and things like that. But at every wedding, we do like a takeaway video. So we go up close to the cake. We start recording, pull back so you can see the entire spread with the florals, whatever rental they decided to put the cake on, the cake stand, like all of that. We record all of that. That does go on our social medias. You can link your social medias back to your website so that the video does show up. But I could also easily record myself assembling that cake, speed it up, obviously. But people like to see that. You can show part of the delivery process. You can show the setup. I love time lapse. Yeah, people love it. So That's another idea is if you don't have a lot of video of you in action on wedding day, you could do behind the scenes and then final product just as an idea. I love that. Um, I am going to get on a little bit of a soapbox because it's 2023 and I know that it is much easier for us to do all the work we have to do on our website and to search things and sort things when you are a business owner or you work in an industry where we spend a lot of time on computers. I know it's easy to look at and really evaluate how everything looks on your computer. The challenge is that but the average clientele who is planning their wedding is doing the majority of their wedding on mobile on mobile devices our traffic on our website is more than 60% mobile. I mean that's more than half so. I need you to look at your website on your phone. And I need you, it's amazing how many of these templates we're using or different hosting sites. It's it's a completely different user experience when you get onto mobile. And so again, as you have people audit it, every time somebody says, hey, look at our new website, I make sure to tell them I looked at it on a computer or I looked at it on a phone or you should have someone look at it on a phone because I looked at it on a computer. But make sure that your website is mobile friendly. Um, I just had this conversation with a vendor last week and I was explaining to them how 
my, they were like, I just wish they would get on the computer and whatever. And I was like, well, I have two stepkids and neither one of them have a computer. They don't go to college. They don't have, you know, they don't have office jobs. They don't, they do everything in life on their phones. Like it is their computer. So we have to remember majority of majority of people's interactions are on apps, which are all on your phones. Yeah. Like that's, they're not going to a website directly from a computer anymore. They just go to an app that they can just download from the Apple store or from Android, whatever, Yep, and just do it through that. So on my website, there's an option when you're in there editing that you can view it from a mobile perspective from the computer. So as you're editing, you can see how it changes. But I don't think all programs are like that. I think some of them you submit and then you have to physically go on the phone. But I know that on ours, when you go in there, you can click, you can click, um, you can click if it's mobile or if it's from a PC. Yeah. And sometimes you have to move stuff around. I was just building yeah. a website in Squarespace and it looked great on the computer. And then I opened up the phone where it decided those things were going to go in terms of ranking order. I was like, oh, that's not right. And I had to move the stuff around on mobile. It didn't affect my user experience on desktop, but um, all the way through. Yeah. That's the nice part though, is when you can find those programs that show both from a computer standpoint so that you can adjust it and not have to go back and forth. That's really nice. Yes. That's, that's how ours is. Um, Go ahead. What you got? This is a pet peeve of mine. That's why I wanted to jump. Oh, shit. Go, go. What is it? Please, for the love of God and everything that is good in this world, put all of your contact information at the header or the footer of every single page on your website. It needs to have your email. It needs to have your address. It needs to have your, your phone number. I can't stand when I go to someone's page and I can't find any way to contact them except through filling out a form. Like there's no information. And I click page for page and there's no contact. It says, contact us. You click it and it just is a form. Like I I just need to talk to you directly or I need to, uh, I, I heard about it years ago from a friend that's a photographer. She said, it's really frustrating to me that these vendors ask me to send them the albums after a wedding. And then they give me no way to send it to them. And then when I go to their website to try to get an email address to send them the album, there's nothing there. I just don't even understand how we're still fucking having this conversation in 2023. I, I, listen, like, I know, but that's I know, I know. So listen, this is not that hard, right? I want you to go to the contact page that you already freaking have set up. And I know you're like, I don't want people calling or emailing me. I want them to fill out the form. And that's great. But maybe put like underneath the form, like not a couple planning their wedding, just need to direct contact me. Here's my info. So that's option one. Option two, like Vanessa said, that's so freaking easy. I will tell you the world is, we are trained to scroll to the footer. Mm-hmm. We are trained to scroll to the bottom of a website and the expectation is to find if they have a physical location, an address, phone number, an email address, even sometimes social media links. Like I tend to look for them at the bottom now instead of at the top, but you can put them wherever. But Yeah, we are trained to look for, I know because people use our website and they will be looking at a venue and they scroll to the footer and it's my freaking phone number and they call and they're like, are you available for a tour? And I'm like, no. So I know that that's where they're looking for it. So this is such an easy freaking fix. It's an easy fix. It's just a pet peeve of mine because it's hard for me to get a hold of other vendors that I'm supposed to be coordinating with. When the client just says, oh, well, this is the business name. And I go to try to contact them. For example, I work a lot with florists directly because we put flowers on cakes. Right. So when I go to try to contact them to send them the sketch of the cake design, I have no way to contact them because there's no information. 
Yeah. Like it, it's so frustrating. I know. Um, so I, just, okay. I had to jump on my own soapbox for that one. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I think that's a good one. That's such an easy fix. If you don't have that, go fix that right now, like right now before you do anything else. So yeah, we did talk about like having more time and it's your slow season. And I think that there's such an amazing opportunity to, with the time you have right now, to do some research outside of your own market. I think that it's really, you're not a web designer. I get that. I don't expect you to know how to do all the web design and all the pieces and parts or figure out or, but I think it's such a great moment and opportunity for you to get inspired by people in other markets, meaning in other states. So think about who's got similar size, similar clientele to your market. In Orlando, I would look at maybe cities like Savannah, maybe like Austin, Texas, you know, things that get a decent amount of destination. Not so much like Chicago, New York. No, maybe Charleston, maybe Nashville, Mm -hmm. like Go out there and search, you know, Nashville wedding cakes and start looking through the first few sites and see what are some of the pages they have laid out that you don't have on there. What do they have on their contact form? Maybe you'll find a bomb ass question. I mean, I'm not saying for you to do this. So you go copy paste the text. That's a hell no. But maybe you can find some really cool ways that they laid out their gallery or like, oh, man, they do it both by wedding and also by style. So there's a gallery page for like true real weddings and a gallery page if you're having rustic or glam or elegant or whatever. Like maybe you'll find some cool ideas, but truly this is not one, you know, hopefully you've already listened to our episode about when Vanessa and I go and do a work away. But this is the kind of activity that takes time to do because you're just kind of like scrolling looking but I I think that that is that this is an important part of figuring out your website is going and looking to get inspired by pieces don't copy one person's site but kind of look around different cities different states and be like you know it's like a buffet I'll take a taste of this and a taste of that and but you have you really can't do that too much unless you have the downtime to do it yeah it's one of those things that you need no distractions and downtime for it it's I actually follow a lot of accounts that are actually overseas because Europe and Australia have a quite a bit of big accounts. Um, and that's where I get some of my ideas from. That's where when I first started and I needed a FAQ page, I was like, I don't even know where to start for this. I just went to different sites and looked at their different FAQs. And I didn't mm-hmm. do anybody that was in our direct area because they're in our direct area. They're my direct yeah. competition. I don't want to I never want to look at someone in my direct area and feel like I'm comparing myself to them. I don't follow right. any of them. If you're listening to this and you're a friend of mine that makes cakes, sorry, I don't follow you guys. Cause I don't, to me, I don't want to accidentally see something that you've done and then unintentionally because I've seen it yeah. copy it somehow. Yep. So that's, that's how I think of that. Um, and it's yeah, not but, on purpose, but you can see too, if you're searching Nashville, um, wedding DJs, you can start to get, if you're really work is working on and focused on your SEO, you can look at those pages that are ranking on page one and kind of read through and try to figure out what are their headers? Where mm-hmm. are they using things in text? Like how are they getting themselves to rank there? Um, so that's, it's just good data. Their landing pages, the forms that they have. Yeah. How they've laid out their pricing and packet. Like just take a look at all of it. Don't copycat it. We are original here, but yeah, but <laughs> just get, get a good idea. Yeah, yeah get, get inspired. inspired. Exactly. I think a big thing for the bottom, or I would put it at the bottom by your contact page, would be your hours of operation. I think that's really important to add to your website. 
So if it's not on there, please make sure that you're including it. It should be on the contact us form. It should also be at the very bottom of your webpage. It'll say, you know, the days and times so that you're not constantly battling that people calling on your day off or calling after hours and then getting frustrated because you don't have that listed anywhere. Yep, I agree. I mean, you can definitely put it in your Google business listing and things like that, but you should put it on your website. Always look at that. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're never, you know, if you are literally never in the office on a Friday, just say like on-site at events. Like it's not, we're open, but not here. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get, so like it's an, an administrative day or an office day versus design day versus whatever. And so they, you're just setting really good, clear expectations. I concur, my friend. Yes. Um, I know we've talked about this in previous episodes in terms of how important it is for you to know what makes you different. But this is really key, especially in that if you're doing that research phase, is if you're going to start, when you look at your website, I want you to know what makes you different and unique than everyone else in your market and making sure that you're hitting at home talking about it. Because what I what I'll see a lot is... Same stuff, same text, you know, planners, you guys have the hardest freaking time with this, but it's just, it's the same. It all says the same thing. The packages say the same stuff. So really figure out what makes you unique and different. And within your website, the goal is to get them to fill out that contact form. But if they can't read through and see why you other, the only thing they have is maybe price and what's included in, you know, maybe you offer something in unique and different, or maybe you're inexpensive, but then they're just choosing on price, which is definitely not the client you probably want. Yes. Speaking of, can we please include your pricing on your website? Oh, uh, please, please don't think that not listing it, like your competitors are not going to know what you're charging. Cause that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. All they you're know doing what is you're inviting charging. them. Yeah. All you're doing yeah. is inviting them to make a fake It's not a address. secret. So no. exactly. It's not a no. secret. So please have... It doesn't have to be everything under the sun that you offer, but have some form of pricing on there. So the client has an idea that they can, they can base it off of that. Thinking that you're not putting it on there because your competition might see it. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard because, so I'm going to take myself way back when, when I worked at the venue, which was a long time ago now. But I think that when I worked at a venue and our packages were expensive, we were not affordable. I mean, we were not the average. We were above average in terms of cost. I think the challenge when you're really good at sales, which I am, y'all, like when you're really good at sales, I think that it's like, I just want to be able to talk to them though. Not because I'm going to convince them to spend more than they have, but as a venue... And in many categories, they really have no idea what anything costs. So I don't want them to knock themselves out of the running when I could have helped them save money over here, save money over here, and whatever, we could have found a way to make it work. But with that being said, the average wedding professional does not have time to field the leads. If you're putting up things like, I'm only off this three days a week, really, like, you don't have time to work leads that are a bad fit. So... You know, Allen Berg has taught me years ago, you know, there's a few different ways you can do it. One of them is to put a starting at price. This is probably the worst option because starting at means people just remember the lowest price. And that's like, they're like, well, now you're going to tell me it's $1,200, but it was starting at $750. What the hell happened? So that's maybe not the best option, but it's better than nothing. 
um, putting a good range that our average client spends between, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred. If your average is about twelve fifty, um, there's ways to be able to do that. So I think it's just thinking that through what's the best way to do it or flat out put up your packages and pricing. Like who gives a shit? Put it out there. Wouldn't you rather talk to the people who can afford you and love your shit and love the idea of what you offer and are like, yeah, I got a great referral there. I know they're differentiator um, rather than having to field and do appointments that don't convert because of price. Nothing's more awkward than that. I feel like. No, nothing is more awkward than that. I And I rather work with someone that knows the price and is voluntarily coming in because they want to work with you as opposed to someone who's coming in blind and you have to try to sell them on the idea. Yeah, I always get the biggest pushback from florists and I'm like, it's doable. I did it with a florist here in Orlando. We put on our website ranges of pricing and what was included. If you're looking for personal centerpiece, low centerpieces, small centerpieces, whatever, you can expect it here to here. We made it like a checkbox, a checklist. It worked Mm -hmm. freaking wonders. So you can can always make the notation of prices may vary according to like the flowers that are in season. Like you can always put a notation on there saying, Hey, this might be a little bit more because of the season and whatever color you're trying to order is not in season. You can always do that on our cake designs. It says the same thing on the first, the first estimate. If we don't have a set design, it says this may change according to the intricacy of the design that is determined during your tasting. It says it up front, but it says, hey, this is what the average is. Here's a base pricing. So if you're not comfortable with it, please don't waste your time or mine and come in. But they have an idea at least. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can always upsell. You can always upsell. Yeah. And I think that the easiest way for you to look at it is to look at a restaurant. If Vanessa told me, oh my God, you have to check out this Italian place. It's so delicious and whatever. And I go on their website and I'm digging around and I open up the menu and I'm like, man, this is very traditional Italian. It's chicken parm and chicken marsala and chicken piccata and whatever. And there's no pricing listed anywhere. My immediate assumption is that it's expensive. Mm -hmm. That like, I'm like, oh my God, is this going to be like $30 for chicken parm? Now I got a referral so I could always go back to Vanessa and ask, but that's not really how it works when it comes to weddings. So in general, they're going to just look for that information. And if it's not available and not discussed, the assumption is that it's expensive. Yeah. It's like when you go to a restaurant and it says market pricing, you're like, ooh, what is that? Ooh, I probably shouldn't have. There's times too that like I'll look at a restaurant and I see, you know, you go to the, you know, Clearwater and over on the West Coast of Florida and that grouper's delicious over there and it says market price and you ask the question and I'm like, oh, that's not bad. But sometimes you don't ask the question and you move on. No. And sometimes you get the pricing afterwards. You're like, oh, I wish that I would have asked that question. I should have asked that question. Well, hopefully you've got some amazing tips today. You've gone in, made all the changes. I do have one more secret tip for this before we start wrapping up with swag. And one of those is once you make all of these changes to your site and you've done all this work, there is a place called the Google Search Console. And you go into the Google Search Console and you actually resubmit your website saying, hey, I've changed this. Because the way Google does your SEO is that these little creepy weirdo Google spiders that run around the internet every now and then they pop back to pages on your site to say and to crawl your site to be like oh did they make any changes oh they did let's re-rank them let's rank them better let's rank them worse whatever but if Otherwise, you're waiting for the Google spiders. So if you're going to do this work and you're going to change things and refresh things, it unless you've totally fucked your SEO, like you didn't use a keyword anywhere, you didn't change your file names, you didn't do any of that stuff. Unless you've totally screwed the pooch, if you go in and submit your site 
to the Google search console, it tells Google, come back, please, and crawl the site. And then they usually do it within a few days, which then will move the needle faster. So if you're going to do all this work, do it, but don't forget that SEO push of that little extra tweak at the end. If you haven't, if you haven't noticed, SEO is a big one for this. It is because the biggest and best thing about your website is you can learn enough to be dangerous about SEO. I taught one of our photographer friends in a two in a three hour flight to Vegas. I taught her everything I know about SEO. We did a whole little class. And at the end, she's like, holy crap, that is easy. And I'm like, yeah, it's a checklist of behaviors. It's not that hard if you just start doing them. It's not perfect. That shit's not going to get you to spot one, but we should add in an episode for SEO. Unfortunately, I was sleeping during that flight or I would have yeah. known all this. Don't travel with Vanessa. She just sleeps on every flight. So I she misses the all, car. She misses the, she misses the things. Well, we like to end every episode giving you some swag. Not that we didn't just give you a whole freaking laundry list, but let's give you a few more. Three of our top action items to add to your to-do list for this week. Okay, number one, check your links, your backlinks. Um, I want you to check those social media links. Those ones I see are broken all the time. And I want you to test every form on your website, anywhere where you have a form, whether it's an email newsletter form, anything, anywhere you have one of those forms, throw an email address in, test it out, see what it looks like as the customer on the other side. Yes. Number two is going to be people buy from people. So make sure that you have an updated about page. Make sure those testimonials have photos attached with the couples that are from the testimonial. And if it specifically says your name in the testimonial, I call that a bonus point. Yes. And last number three is have people do a website review and an audit, both industry and non-industry, have a wedding planner, have a venue have people who refer you, people barely know you. And ask them, maybe put together a list of a few really specific questions. How user-friendly? Is there anything you were looking for and you couldn't find? Um, you know, what was the best part about it? What'd you like the most? What'd you like the least? Like, give them a really specific list of things you're looking for, not what did you think? Great. Mm-hmm. If you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or made you laugh, follow, subscribe, and share it with a friend that you're going to hold accountable that you guys are going to work on your website together. Maybe plan a work away. I'm just saying. (laughs) Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. This month, we are talking all about how to maximize that slow season. And next week, we are going to be diving into how to update your packages. Ooh, that's a good one. Hot topic. Hot topic. All right. Oh, I I love this one. Uh, (laughs) Vanessa's the boss next week, guys. Be ready. Be ready. Go make some epic shit happen. Bye, guys.